This is Collins John, and you are listening to Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello and welcome to the latest Q&A in the Fulham Focus series. My name's Daniel Smith, better known as Danny Boy, and I'm delighted to say joining me today to talk about his time playing for Fulham is our former Dutch striker, Collins John. Collins, it's a pleasure to speak to you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you, mate. Thank you. How are you doing? You okay? Yeah, very good. Um, yeah, everything as well, so uh, I'm happy uh, you called me and... You know, we can crack on and get some reminder back uh, for them days. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so, we'll start off, before you joined Fulham, obviously you you were born in Liberia, uh, moved to Holland as a child. Was there any yeah. football teams that you supported as a kid and were, did you have any role models in football? Well, yeah, obviously, you know, coming to Holland uh, in those early 90s, you know, Ajax was my first love and Obviously, growing up with Patrick Clivert and, you know, Edgar Davids and Seedorf and, you know, Rijkaard and Van Basten. So, well, my idol was personally uh, Clivert. Obviously, he was a striker. Me growing up as a striker as well. So, that was no-brainer to support, you know, one of the biggest clubs in, you know, at that time in Europe as well. Because in 95, obviously, they won the Champions League. So, uh, yeah, Clivert uh, was my favourite. And, and during your time at Fulham, I was a teenager, so it sticks out in my mind that everyone was associating you with Cliver. So, uh, was you aware of that, that you, you, you had the reputation as being the future Cliver? No, no, I didn't. I never, I never actually heard it even once. So, But, you know, I guess that's a good thing. And uh, it's a privilege to, obviously, you know, to compare with such a great striker. So, yeah, no, I never uh, was aware of that. Because you, you burst onto the scene, but we'll get on to your Fulham career in a second. I know you've got two brothers that are also professional footballers, uh, Paddy and Ola. Um, yeah. Just for a bit of banter, a bit of fun, who's had the best career of the three of you? Um, well, I would say me, because even though Ola, the last, you know, the last one of, of the three of us, uh, played at you know such a high club as Benfica. I think every boy's dream is to play in the Premier League. And personally, I've played in the Premier League, so I would say me. <laughs> <laughs> and you, and, and you're but, the only um, one that played for Fulham, so that gives it the edge. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's such a great club, and you know, playing in the Premier League and played over on the games in the Premier League. I still think that is a big achievement to actually play in one of the biggest clubs in Europe. Benfica, but I think everybody's dream. You know, you can ask anybody, even Portugal, if you ask them, you know, where you want to play, everybody's going to say Premier League. So I would say probably me. But um, you know, to play for Benfica and play in the Champions League is obviously a big thing. So you know, I think I'm just better. Well, um, how did you get your first opportunity then in football? Well, you know, it's kind of a long story, but. Uh, Growing up, you know, obviously I, I always loved the ball and I always wanted to play football. But uh, my mom was not really convinced me being a professional footballer because she was just like, you know, you have to make sure you're good at school and, you know, what any mother say anyway. So uh, make sure you learn and, you know, you know, get something, degree and all that. And I was just like, well, I remember one night I came home and I was like, mom, well, one of my friends from school, he wants me to come and join his club. So I just joined him, loved it, you know, and never looked back since. So, um, you know, my mom obviously was hearing a lot of things about, yeah, your son is such a great footballer. I think he's got a bright career. And, you know, and from that from that point, you know, was kind of like very quick everything, you know, because I played like amateur for like three years and I went to 20, uh, was the age of 11 played there for six years in the youth team and at the 17th I made the debut I only played 18 months at the first team of 20 and then obviously Fulham bought me 
uh, January 2004. So yeah, you know, it was kind of um, a dream came true at that point. But yeah, to be honest, in the beginning, my mom was not really with it for me to be a, a professional footballer. But in the end, you know, she was proud of me and pretty uh, a crazy story, basically. But yeah, you know, yeah, that's it. She wasn't keen on you being a footballer and she ended up with three sons that become footballers <laughs> in the end. <laughs> Are yeah. you close to your brothers? Did you support yeah, each we're other? Close. Yeah, yeah, we close. Obviously, I'm the oldest, and uh, you know it's kind of an age between me and my um, my second one. So basically, it's like five years. So me growing up being a professional footballer, obviously, when I made my debut, my second brother was only twelve. So obviously, you're gonna look you're gonna look up to your brother. You know, you're gonna be like, wow, that's what I want. You know, fans screaming his name and he's scoring goals against Ajax and Feyenoord. So I guess I kind of gave him that kind of a boost to do well as well. And from that moment, every, everybody kind of just like, you know, I want to be Collins. I want, I want to do what Collins is doing. So I think that kind of helped in their career as well, to be honest. So, yeah, you know, it's a great thing for three brothers to kind of made it in the professional world because it's not an any day uh, story or it's very common. So for us to do that is kind of like a blessing, I guess. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So going on to Fulham... How did the move materialise? How did Fulham approach you? A long story. Um, I remember was just before Christmas. Yeah, you know, being eighteen year old, uh, just just had my birthday two months before that. Just turned eighteen. My agent came to the parking lot just after we finished uh, training, and he was like, "Well, I just had a meeting with uh, Twenty, and." You know, they're very happy with you. You know, they want to give you a new deal. And is that what you want to do? And I was like, yeah, of course, you know. They gave me the chance to play first team. They gave me the chance at the age of 11 to come to the football uh, academy. So, yeah, of course, I want to sign a new deal. No problem. I, you know, I was at that time, I had nine goals in, what, about 13 starts or something. And being an 18-year-old, that was a great achievement as well. So I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And then he was like, well, I have to tell you that because I'm your agent. I have to be honest with you. It's about four or five clubs interesting you. Maybe in January they want to come in and, you know, put a bid in. So I, I was just like, obviously, you know, I said 18-year-old, you're just curious about the clubs. And he was like Fulham and Man City and Marseille, uh, Lyon, I guess. Uh, he said maybe PSV will come as well, but they're not sure because they have to sell Kessman first and then if Kessman goes you might be you know the potential replacement and I was just like okay that's cool but you know it's nothing concrete just now let me just get the deal done <laughs> with 20 and he was like okay cool so I remember early January a few clubs was very serious like I think Marseille was very serious and Lyon and Man City they were very serious they haven't put a bid in but they were discussions with the club and just out of the blue, Fulham just, I think, Fulham just thought, you know what, you know, he has free interest for another club. Let me just convince him to come over to London. So that's exactly where it went. Cookie at that time, Chris Coleman called me up. Edwin van was at the football club, obviously. He called me up as being a Dutchman. So the conversation that I had with both of them was just so clicking and, you know, it felt so good. I thought, you know what, if anything is going to happen... I just want to go to Fulham and obviously Edwin van be one of the oldest players at that time, you know, being big goalkeeper in the world. He was just like, listen, when you come to London, I'm going to help you out. You know, I'm going to make sure you're good and I have a family here. So obviously at that time I was single, you know, you're going to be lonely, but don't worry about that. You know, we're going to look after you. Obviously I heard 20 were like so tempted to take the bid because the, the bid was apparently very good. So they sold me and... You know, my first choice was obviously at that time was the Premier League, so I had to choose to be between Fulham and Man City. So for me, it was no brainer. So for me, it was all day long Fulham. So I chose for Fulham. And to be honest, looking back, yes, you know, after Fulham, uh, uh, my career has not been very, very good. But you know, in life, you always have to take positive. So you know, me playing for Fulham in the Premier League, you know, enjoying all the goals I scored for the club and. You have to be very thankful to, to the organisation at that time to, to bring me at the football club. So, very exciting moment at that time. And, um, yeah, I'm very glad I chose Fulham in the end. 
So you say Van der Sar was on the phone saying, yeah. you know, reassuring you that he was going to look after you. So did he yeah. help you to settle into London then? Oh, 100%. I remember, obviously, I just had my driving license a month before, or two months before, back in November 2003. And, um, you know, me coming to London, driving different side of the road and the steering wheel, different side of the car was something for me. I was just like, what is this, you know? He was, you know, after training, I would go to his house. His, his, his wife would be cooking Dutch dinner. And obviously, me speaking Dutch, my English at that time was not great. So I had to really, you know, need somebody to talk to, you know, speaking Dutch. And, and to be honest, Cookie was great to me as well at the time. He, he, he always said to me, you know, when you're homesick, you miss your mom. We'll have to give you an extra day off so you can go back home. Or, you know, just make sure when your mom is here you know let us know so we can invite her to the football club or you know something like that so he was always looking after me and you know that was a great great bonus for me to have at that time you know so it was very warming for me to be at the football club at the time oh nice well i don't know if you're aware of it but when you did sign for us in january 2004 you were the first permanent signing fulham have made in a january transfer window did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, so the, the January transfer window was created the season before. Uh, before that, it didn't exist. And you was the first permanent signing Fulham made. They signed Bobby Petter on loan. Yeah, from Celtic, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for a couple of hours before your uh, transfer was confirmed. But he was only on loan. So when you see all these signings in January now, just remember that you was the first one for Fulham. <laughs> That's nice, yeah, that's good. Good to know, actually. So we've covered you settling into London. Um, just quickly, I think it was halfway through your career at Fulham. I saw you once down the West End. I think it was down Oxford Street or somewhere. Like, it was somewhere around there yeah. on a night out. And you was with Edgar David and Mario Melchior. Yeah. Which was a bit random. Uh, Davids must have been playing for Tottenham at the time. So it was that sort of yeah. time. Was there a big Dutch union in London then at the time? And did you do that quite a lot, meet up? Well, after David, first of all, I met him through a physio, personal physio of mine. You know, he, he flew he flew over to London a few times just to look after the body. And sometimes if I had a day off, I would flee to Holland just to make sure my body was right. So I met after David through him. And then obviously... You know, I was called up to the national team for Holland and Edgar Davis was the captain at the time as well. So we kind of like, you know, became friends and became, you know, um, kind of tight. You know, obviously he was in London, I was in London, I was still a young kid. And Edgar Davis, everybody, everybody knows his career, obviously being at Barcelona and AC Milan and Inter so and Juve. So, yeah, you know, was was like you said, was what we did a few times and, you know, meet up, go for dinner, go out and, you know, just, you know, just make sure. You know, we kind of like in the, the same kind of um, um, how do you say that? You know, the Dutch, the Dutch guys being uh, being together, kind of thing. So yeah, it was not like every week, but you know, Mario at that time, I think he was at Wigan. Obviously, he'd been at Chelsea, so he knows London very well. So you know, he came down a few times as well. So yeah, if we had the chance uh, to meet up, uh, and we did it. So uh, yeah, I think that night was one of those nights we just kind of like. Uh, went out uh, three of us so yeah yeah nice we'll go on to you being introduced to the crowd now at Loftus Road alongside John Collins <sighs> now I'm sure you've heard this quite a few times um, talk us through it how was that explained to you at the time oh you know you're going to go onto the pitch with John Collins just so you're like well I'm kind of fo- I'm kind of a football maniac so I follow everything and I love I love to watch uh, the news and the transfers and World Cup. So I kind of knew, well, I didn't knew him personally, but I knew who he was, you know. So me coming up the Loftus Road, me seeing John Collins, and I was like, wow, this is so weird, Collins, John and John Collins. So, and then for him to kind of like, you know, play for Fulham as well and, you know, being in Fulham kind of like history as well was kind of a funny thing for me. So he actually gave me the shirt, um, and the scarf, I remember. I think, I think a scarf or a shirt, one of the two. I can't remember. But he was like, you know, you know, you have to go out the page and you know, say you're Collins John, and he was that that banter around it was just so funny and confusing to I think to people. 
But uh, for me, it was not very confusing because I, because I actually knew who he was before. And so, uh, yeah, but it was a funny thing. It was a great moment for me. I remember I was so nervous walk, walking up to the pitch. You know, I was so nervous. I was just like, wow, you know, I'm going to be in the Premier League and for four and a half years. And yeah, it was, it's a dream. It was a dream. It was a dream. So it was great. It was a great feeling. Well, I mean, it was a, a great way to introduce you to the crowd. Anyway, it was it was unique. Let's let's put it that way. I don't... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was unique. It was unique. Well, and then you make your debut against Chelsea, which is quite a game to come on for your first game. Yeah. And then, well, obviously, we lost that one, so we won't dwell on it for too long. But but then you really hit the ground running. You scored four goals in your next two games: Leicester away and Blackburn at home. Uh, what are your memories of those games? Well, Leicester felt like it was yesterday. Um, I don't know. I I just felt Leicester game. You know, the the preparation before the game. I just I don't know. Maybe some bit scary. What I'm going to tell you now, but certain games, I just knew something's going to happen. It might be an assist. It might be a goal. It might be something. And the Leicester game. I just felt that it's going to be the time for me to score a goal. And, you know, I think I came on only for like, what, 15, 20 minutes. But just the second half was so open. But obviously they're pushing out to score a goal, playing at home. And, you know, it was a perfect game for me to come on as well. And um, I remember Cookie telling me, you know, this is your time. You're going to score, you're going to score, you're going to score. So for me, obviously, to hit two goals in that game was, oh, was wow. I remember me crying over the phone after the game, speaking to my mom, and such an emotional day for me. And uh, especially because I was, before the game, I was just like, this is the time. I just know it. I just feel it. And I remember Zesh Raymond is a good friend of mine. He was, he, he didn't make the squad at the time, so he was home. And he and him told me, you know, I just feel it. Uh, uh, CJ, you could, you did this your game. You're gonna score, so good luck. Make sure when you come and you score. And obviously, seeing him um, and the training ground the next day, you know, he came up to me and hugged me, and oh, such a, a special, special few days. It was great. It was great to have that goal finally, and obviously, in front of the the home fans as well was something unique. It was amazing. Yeah, because it must have filled you with so much confidence. The Leicester performance. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, you know, uh, coming on and, you know, don't get me wrong, I had a, I had a kind of a pressure because Luis Saha going to Manchester United. And I know, you know, the the, the, the gaffer told me, you know, it's not going to be much pressure on you. You're young. We're going to give you time to adjust. But I just felt pressure for myself because I knew, you know, you're a striker, you know, even though you're 18 or 28, you know, when you get the chances, you have to bear him in and, and, and score. So... You know, for me to score that two goals and then obviously two days later play back Blackburn at home, you know, my first home game, yeah, it was something special. So uh, to hit two again, that that game was, yeah, it was, <laughs> was, a big, was a big thing at the time. It was a big thing. I remember the Blackburn goals, they were very similar. I think one was a header and one was one was a volley. Basically in the same point of the penalty box. Um, your memories be spot on. But this this one you got wrong. <laughs> oh my! The the header was very close range exactly. It was was a header from Jetu. Yeah. Uh, Johan Jetu. The ball came back and I just rebounded in with a head. Was it and right the on the line one, then? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. And the yeah. second one was a free kick from, I think Sean Davis. He whipped it in and I kind of like just before the penalty step, I just kind of like. You know, just put my foot around it, and it's just kind of like a, a kind of a tap in, but um, it was kind of like maybe about eleven yards, twelve yards out. They just kind of like bombed the corner. Um, it was. They were both down the same end, weren't they? They there was like yeah, there wasn't much end. between yeah, the yeah. goals. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I think we lost that game as well, isn't it? Four three. Well, I mean, the the reason I remember that game so well is because Balmore scored my favourite ever goal. Um, he ran the whole length of the pitch, and you you also bagged a, a brilliant assist that day. It was a it was a lovely yeah, one I, two yeah, on yeah, the high fly line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah, exactly. It was my assist. Yeah. So it was um it was an outstanding start to your full and career. I'm not not sure about the celebration when you um got on Balmore's back though in the corner. <laughs> not sure what was going on there. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one as well, but I was so 
in a different world, I guess. I was so happy, but disappointed to lose that game as well. So it's a mixed feeling, really. Yeah, well, I mean, it, we might have lost, but it was still outstanding to score two, four goals in, oh, in two yeah, or three days. Uh, unbelievable. That is, that is, of course, unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Well, it um, was. I think I think that does for Loftus Road because then it was time to go back home. And we go back to the cottage. From your experiences playing at both grounds, was there much difference? Did you did you notice a big difference between Loftus Road and Craven Cottage as a player's point of view? Um, well, I think both pitch are kind of tiny. I don't think both 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 fields are very big. Um, kind of, they have the kind of the same kind of environment and and and, and buzz going on about them, but. I prefer Craven Cottage all day long. Um, you know, it's still, you know, you know, Loftus Row was not really that feeling, you know, it's your own stadium, really. So, uh, um, yeah, Craven Cottage for me is, is, is still, you know, a special place to score and, and, and to play. So, but yeah, they have similarities, you know, both of them kind of like tidy and, and, and very, very, um, how do you say that, very uh, compact. But um, yeah, if I have to make a choice, it will be Craven Cottage uh, for sure. Well, hundred percent, it has to be Craven Cottage, and you certainly scored goals at at the cottage as well. But um, one goal that was ruled out in a very frustrating game was against Arsenal. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember it. Mark Halsey disallowed, or well, he, he changed his mind on a penalty, and then he also disallowed one of your goals that should have been allowed. Do you remember that yeah. game? Yeah, of course I remember that game because it was a clear goal and he, he even came out after the game and said he, he made a mistake. So, you know, that's football. Um, but yeah, I remember that game um, very well and, um, you know, it was disappointing because it was a clear goal, you know. I mean, yes, my hand was a little bit on his shoulder, but, you know, it was a clear, it was a clear goal. It was not a foul. Nah. Going back to the penalty, how close was you to the action when the players were protesting? Did you get a rough idea of what was going on at the time? No, not really. I think I was in around the box somewhere, but I didn't really see exactly what happened at the time. But um, looking back, obviously, on the replay after the game, I was just like, <laughs> it's, it, you know, it's, it doesn't make any sense, you know. But um, again, disappointing um, for him to rule uh, the, the penalty again, you know. But, um, you know, we just have to forget that game very quickly because it was just bad game. <laughs> bad decisions, was. bad game, and... You know, in life, you you will get that kind of games, and but you have to make sure you forget them because otherwise you go crazy every day. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we we won't spend any more time on that then. Let's let's get over it, shall we? Let's 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 put closure <laughs> yeah, exactly. on it. Exactly. I was just like, ah, oh, no, no, not this one, please, <laughs> not this one. Because was one thing I wanted to do in my life: score against Arsenal, and that referee just took everything. And just oh, it was bad. It was bad. No, come on, come on, colleagues. Let's move on. Let's let's <laughs> let's get over it. Well, yeah. you didn't score against Arsenal, but you certainly scored against Liverpool. Two thousand six yeah. at the Cottage. We said goodbye to our greatest player, Johnny Haynes. Yeah. Did you realise how big the occasion was at the time, and and what was it like to score in a game like that? Well, trust me, I was so bossed before that game. I don't know. I was so angry. You know, not. Not not at anybody. But I was just you know you know sometimes you are just angry. You just want to win and you are just aggressive and you know you just want to make sure you know that three points stay at the cottage. And that was one of those games you know before you know holding each other for Johnny Haynes and it was so emotional there again. It was so emotional. The cottage was brilliant. Everybody was behind us. The the, the, the fans were unreal that game. Unreal. I, can't, I, I will never forget that game ever. It was just something going on at, 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 that, at that game. Something was such a, I don't know, was 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 very. Everybody was at it. Everybody was at the same path. And uh, for me to score at that game was unbelievable. Uh, for me, <laughs> one of the best uh, game in cottage, anyways. Personally, for me. So yeah, it was a big game. It was a big game. Yeah, it was. It was a very special occasion. Well, I don't know if this was before or after. It might have actually been the same season, but. Despite only starting 15 games in the 2005-06 season, you finished top goalscorer with 11 Premier League goals. Now, at the time, only Louis Sahar and Andy Cole had done that, uh, reached double figures. 
So, you know, that's, again, in itself, outstanding to... I think you're only one of five to reach double figures. Same I remember season. that season. That was, that, was, that was the best season I ever had in my career. Yeah, and I was going to ask you that. Was that your favourite season? Oh, that was my favourite season by far. Scoring at Liverpool, uh, scoring at Liverpool away, you know, scoring uh, score against Manchester United. Uh, I mean, it was, it was a special season, special season. Um, me go into that season, I was not really confident because obviously, you you know, kind of like second choice, basically. And certain games you would play because I would play 4 for 2 2 up front. So I was like, cool. But, you know, obviously, every, any any sportsman wants to play week in, week out. And um, But, you know, not very happy going into that season, but what well, was I happy after the season? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I had such a great season and everything just, you know, everything just went well. Anything I've touched was... Uh, was turning to diamonds, so uh, yeah, it was a great season for me. What was your relationship like overall with Chris Coleman? Well, has to be great, innit? Has to be great. <laughs> he's the um, he's the manager who brought me to the football club first and foremost. He was such a great father figure for me as well, and I think a lot of players will tell you that he was like proper manager. I wouldn't say he was uh, he was a coach. He was a proper manager. His management with the players was unbelievable. I've never had such a man who can just make sure you feel confident about yourself, make sure you feel you're top of the world, make sure you go into the game, even though your quality is not very good, but because your, uh, your character and your mentality is going to win the games. Chris Coleman, for me personally, was the best at that. So, yeah, my relationship with him was very professionally you know, in the end of the day, he was the one who brought me to football club. So I was thankful, you know, I will, I will be always thankful for, for him. Obviously, you know, as a sportsman, again, yes, sometimes I was fed up because I was not the first choice. But as normal, it was nothing against him. I will be um, fed up with any manager at the time. But it's just not because it's Chris Coleman or not. Yes, I wanted to play week in, week out. Yes, sometimes I was frustrated because I felt I did enough to actually gain that uh, promise and, uh, and and that confidence. But, you know, in the end, for me personally, it's only one word I have for Chris Coleman. He, he helped me uh, become a better football player, especially mentally and, and character-wise, you know, because coming from Holland, everything is technical and everything is nice. And, you know, if you lose a game, whatever, you know, go, go on to the next one. And in, in, in Premier League and under Chris Coleman, I've changed and, you know, work hard for the team. And even though you don't score, you have to, you know, do the dirty work and run the channels and all that. So, you know, in every manager, people say you always learn something. And definitely he, he taught me to to be mentally stronger. Um, and that, that was a great thing for me uh, to learn as well. What about the other managers you had for them? Obviously, Laurie Sanchez. Did you have much to do with him or Roy Hodgson? Hudson is another great manager. Yes, um, I was kind of out of favour at the time when Hudson came in, but he was very honest. He was very good coach. Like he was so precise, tact, uh, t- uh, technical. He was unbelievable tactics. He was great, and um, and he was very precise with certain uh, little details. Like he would know opposition how they play, like exactly how they play. Uh, he can, you know, he can tell us exactly how to, like, you know, put the team about. And he was, he, yes, he was a special, special um, uh, manager. Even though I was not very long with him, but you know, obviously, I was training with him as well. And he was always honest to me. He was always saying, "Listen, you had a big injury, so you know, my team is kind of set. Um, yes, I know what you had done for the football club in the past, but right now, you know, uh, another guy's in front of you." So you have to wait for your chance. He was always honest, and uh, I kind of respect that from him as well. So, Laurie Sanchez, you know, was a disappointing relationship with him because when he came in, um, I didn't, you know, I didn't get much playing time, and uh, obviously went out alone to Leicester and Watford uh, under him as well. So, yeah, you know, what can I say? Yeah, it was mixed feelings uh, with uh, with Laurie Sanchez basically. Uh, but again, nothing personal to him. Because in the end of the day, every manager has their own opinions and, and, and thoughts. So, 
like I said before, also any every manager you learn certain things. So uh, yeah, so I guess that is a blessing. Yeah, well, I don't think you'll be the only one to to have them thoughts on Laurie Sanchez. If I'm being honest, speaking from a fan's <laughs> point of view. <laughs> um, so we'll move on. Bit of a jokey sort of question for you now. The offside rule. Now, in my whole life supporting Fulham, I've never known someone to be offside as much as you were. Now, was, was it <laughs> was was it was it um, something that the managers told you to you know take risks with your running or? Was it just something that in the Premier League that the standard was just it was difficult to to judge it right? What was it? Um, I don't know. I think it's also a little bit of personality kind of thing. I'm very um, active and sometimes too excited. And yes, one of my strongest part in my game, I think, and I think I've scored a lot of goals that way as well. Is is my runs, you know? Um, and uh, and you know it's, it's it's a hit or miss. You know sometimes you have you have certain games you will be outside seven times out of seven, and sometimes you know you you'll be in. Like you know, I think men, we play Man City one game away, and I scored three goals, and one of the only one of the three goals was in, but the other two goals they said was offside. It wasn't. So and we lost that game. I think three one. So because I remember after the game, Steve King, the assistant manager. He, he he took his uh, tablet out and he showed me he's clearly not offside. So, you know, yes, the stats will say that I was offside, but actually, in the real life, I might not be offside. So it's one of those things, I guess. And uh, yeah, but you know, that was definitely one thing I, I could have proved on. Um, I'm gonna be uh, honest. And um, but it's what it is, I guess. <laughs> it is what it is. But yeah, I have to agree with you. I think that was definitely one of the things in my spell I had to improve on at the time, because sometimes, because you know, I was I was pretty fast player, so sometimes you just hold your hold your run a little bit longer and before you make the run. So sometimes I was just too excited and too what's the right word? Too enthusiastic. Exactly, enthusiastic. Exactly. So, so yeah, but you know, it is what it is, I guess. And um, uh, yeah, we move on for now as well. We'll move on. And and one thing that you, you certainly don't need to work on is your volleying technique from tight angles because Middlesbrough away, what a goal. Yeah, definitely my best goal in uh, from career. Definitely my best goal. And you can ask you can ask any player, any from Harry Kane to Messi, you can ask any player. The best goals you ever score in your career is the goals you don't need to think about it. Because when you think too much, it's not going to be a nice goal. This goal, when I scored against Middlesbrough, was just pure instinct. You know, I remember getting the ball from uh, Legrinsky. And it, my mind was just like, just just do what you have to do. So basically, don't think about it too much. Get the ball in your chest and just try it. And, and I just did it. And obviously, to go in like that is a bit of luck. But you need luck in your life. You need luck. Without luck, it's no life. So... Definitely my best goal. Definitely my best goal. And, you know, I was so surprised he went in because I just thought, let me just try it and just give it a go. And, you know, for, for the ball to go into that kind of tank angle top corner was was, was a dream. What, was it better than Van Basten's goal? No, I think Van Basten was even better because... No, it was even was was even more tight as well. You know, it was tight down the line, so... I have to give Marco from Bassett that kind of uh, yeah, but but apparent apparently he thought about it really really hard. So so your one was better. Oh really? Yeah yeah. So <laughs> your one was instinct, and your one was for Fulham. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'm I'm guessing that's your favourite goal then. Hundred percent, no doubt. Yeah, no doubt, hundred percent. Yeah. What about your favourite match? Well, sounds a bit weird, but it has to be Charlton away. That volley I scored because it was my birthday and my mum was in the stand, so 1-1. Denny Murphy and Collins John. was a quick free kick from Klaus Jensen and Marbron. Marbron kind of like crossed it, but kind of back. And I just turned my waist, just volleyed in bottom corner. Okay, so that's your favourite match. Yeah, because okay. mum was kind of ill at the time as well. She was kind of ill, and I was just like, no, 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 just calm in it, just calm. So, 
at my drive, I took my mum to the stadium, you know, got all set up and, uh, you know, she had a great seat and it was my birthday as well. And, um, yeah, to score at that moment and, you know, it just felt like I felt like I was going to score on my birthday. And so obviously for my mum to be there was something special. Was that the only time your mum saw you score a goal? Um, no. Uh, I scored two against Sunderland at, home, at the cottage as well. She was there as well. But my opinion, I, I think I had a bad game at the at the game. Um, even though I scored two, but you know my spell was not very great, so that will be never my favorite game. So yeah, Charlton had a good game, even though it was a one-one, but I had a good game. And and to be honest, I like the Valley. I like to play there. It's you know it's one of my favorite stadiums to play. Um, you know, it sounds a bit weird, but I just love that stadium. Something got something about it. And uh, you know, for me to score there and you know to celebrate my birthday with my mom there was was a great thing. I remember Steve King, the assistant manager at the time, he said to me, you're going to score today, I feel it. And for me to score and run up to him as well was was a great thing. Yeah, nice. Well, I mean, I think that pretty much covers your, your Fulham career. I guess the only thing left to ask is, was it a hard decision to leave in the end? Well, I had no choice, really. Um, yes, I extended my contract a year before that. But like I said before, you know, I was just out of favour, I guess. Uh, I had a big injury going up to Watford on loan. Uh, you know, tore my fight there and, you know, coming back from injury. Uh, and Roy Hudson was very clear to me. He was just said, uh, listen, you know, I'm going to get a few other strikes in. So, you know, you're not really going to be at my, um, at my selection. So I had, to, I had to make choices. And, yeah, of course it was hard. I mean, Fulham was my first love and, you know, my my the club gave me the opportunity to play in the Premier League. Was well, such a great league. So of, of course, it was emotional times for me. But at that time, I was very confident that was the right choice, even though it was hard. Because in the end of the day, a sportsman wants to play week in week out, and it was not different for me. So um, yeah, I had to leave, and it is what it is, I guess. But again, you know, I'm a, I'm a Fulham supporter. Always will be such a great club, and. You know, so yeah, it was our decision, but in the end, was the, was the right one at that time. Well, you played more games for Fulham than any other club in your career. So, so is Fulham your club then? Looking back, oh, hundred percent, oh, no doubt. You know, even now, people will ask me, yeah, you know, what's your favorite club? I would say, listen, it, it, it's kind of a hard decision in the end because twenty is is the club actually made me a professional footballer, gave me the chance in the first place. But it can only be one name, and that's Fulham. That's 100%. Because me growing up, Premier League was my dream to play in. And for Fulham to give me that phone call and make sure my dream can come true and give me that opportunity to, to play in, in London, such a great city and, and such a great club as Fulham, yeah, it was, was, yeah, that can only be one favourite team, and that's Fulham, 100%. Yeah, no, nice. Well, I mean, whilst you was at Fulham, you... You got to represent your country twice. Um, yeah. What was it like to to play for Holland and and are you are you a bit disappointed that you didn't get more caps than you did? Uh, yes and no because I remember the first call up, Cookie and uh, Steve King. Uh, they were they were they were cuddling me and almost kissing me because <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember I was at a training ground and. The phone call came in from my agent saying, because I was surprised because the under-21 squad was named and I was not in it. And I was like, I called my agent. I was like, why well, I'm not even on the 21 squad? A 90-year-old player playing in the Premier League, fair enough, not a starter, but surely, uh, you know, I'm always in the squad. I come on. So why I'm not even on the, on the 21 list? And he was like, well, listen, don't worry. Let me call the gaffer from the 21 uh, squad. I'm going to ask him why you're not in because that's ridiculous you, sh you should be in so I remember he called me out he called me back an hour later and he was like well I got better news for you I know the reason why you're not in the 21 because you're in the full squad I was just no way you're joking he was like no you picked and who picked me Mark for Boston oh my god I was just like my day can't go wrong so I, I ran into the canteen to, to tell Cookie and Steve King about it I was like gaffer you know Steve Kino I'm in the squad. Like they were like, well, yeah, only 21. No, I said no in the full squad. Now, nah, wow, they they 
they were, it looked like they were more happy to me. Like they were calling <laughs> me, they were they were always kissing me. I was just like, yeah, man, I made it. You know, obviously, it was just a mixed feeling, really, because you know, you know, be with them every day in the training ground, then make me better player and be in the Premier League, all because of football, football club, and obviously at that time the two uh, uh, gaffers. You know, you know, was also uh, um, a reward for them because, in the end of the day, you know, they are the one who give me the chance every Saturday to play. And for Mark for Boston to see me playing actually in the Premier League is also because of them. So we were just kind of like enjoy that moment, three of us at the time. And I remember Zach Knight giving me compliments, and obviously Edwin Fanasai, he was in the squad as well. And he said, I knew it because Mark for Boston called me a day before and asked me a lot of questions about you. I'll, how you are um, uh, mentally wise and are you ready for the challenge and so I was like so you kept all this day you kept it quiet for me yeah so (laughs) so yeah I had to otherwise you wouldn't be surprised anymore I was like all right fair enough so I I forgive you for that but yeah it was a great time for me but yeah in the end of the day yes of course you're disappointed because as a sportsman you always want to play for your country and um, and uh, you know uh, even though I'm from Liberia but Holland is my home I came here at a young age and they gave me everything to stay in this country and you know so yeah for me Holland was always my priority to play for so yeah was disappointing but at the end of the day a lot of people a lot of players they wish they can play for the country and they haven't so you have to look in a positive way I've you know I've played in two caps even though I was selected more times but I didn't come on I think I was selected about four or five times but I only came on to twice so um, so yeah, you know, I, I, I'm gonna look at it both ways. I'm gonna say yes, should be more, could be more, hundred percent. But I have to, and you know, for me that's a big honor. So I can tell my kids, you know, I played for the, the national team, uh, even though it was two times, but it's still two times. So, so yeah, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it positive way. I had two caps, and I'm very proud of it. <laughs> yeah, well, you should be. You should be. Yeah. Um, so who who would you say were your closest friends at Fulham? Zat mm, Knight, hundred percent. Zat Knight will be my closest friend at Fulham. Um, Edwin Van der Sar, but yeah, the age gap was just too much. Even though I I, I felt I felt he's not really my friend. He's my father, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um. He, but yeah, I mean, he, he was a big mentor for me at Fulham big mentor um, you know he always kept me grounded and, and told me the right things if I had a bad spell if I had a bad training session he would be like on my back and telling me you have to do better and um, you know it's, 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 you know, it's not a playground you know come on you can do it so he was always after me in a positive way but you know but personally I think Zap Zap was my was my tight friend uh, at the Fulham days uh we didn't live very um, far from each other as well. I lived in a, a village, and he lived there as well. So, if I needed something in um, in in a scene center, he, I would call him, and he would help me or take his car and you know take me to to that place. Uh, gro- grocery shopping as well. He would you know he would help me, and you know so he was a great influence uh, in my early days at the at the cottage. So I would say it's at night and. Mm, Maybe not close friends, but he was a good friend of mine. It was uh, Liam Senior, um, and uh, one of the guys who didn't make that much appearance for the first team, but Darren Darren Prattley, he still plays at Charlton, I think now. Yeah, we were very 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 tight actually. That was I. That was you know. Besides, he was not really in the first team. I would say he was one of my best friends, uh, and we're even friends now. So yeah, um, Darren is surely one of my one of my favorite guys in London. Oh, nice. And do you, do you keep in touch with anyone, or just Darren Prattley? Um, Darren, Zach, Luis Bomote, uh Thomas Rosinski, Brian McBride, Carlos Bocanegra. Uh, oh, nice. Edwin, I spoke. I spoke to him a few months ago on on a WhatsApp. So yeah, yeah, I, I still speak to to a few guys, and you know, not to forget Mark Mondas who start Fulham. I speak to him uh, now and then. He, he helped me so massively. He picked me up from the airport. Actually, sorry, he picked me up from uh, St. Pancras uh, train station, King's Cross, because I came with a train. Um, he 
he dropped me at the medical uh, hospital. I remember that day as well. Um, he he took me everywhere, viewing the apartments and houses. So he took me to the bank to get my uh, debit card first time. So Mark Maunders, he uh, he was also a very big influence in my in my full Fulham career as well. So so yeah, yeah I keep in touch with many people. So uh, yeah, it's 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 a good thing to to do. You know, just keep in touch with people who's been there for you and in, uh, in the past. Absolutely, Mark Maunders does an outstanding job. Um, oh, he's great. He's great. I love him. I love him. Yeah, you're not the first person to say that. Uh, he's unbelievable. Yeah. What about your? Uh, who was the best player that you played with for them? I know another player will be like, "Oh, CJ, how can you not choose me?" But sorry, it has to be Steve Malbronk. He was for me. He was. Oh, the things he did in training was just unbelievable. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. He was. He was untouchable. Some games he was untouchable. And obviously, it can't be coincident he went on to play after that for Tottenham because he was an outstanding player. Um, yeah, I would say Steve Mabron. Yeah, nice. Well, I'm not surprised. He was outstanding. Uh, I, yeah. I, I was a Boa fan. Yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I love Boa. Um, he was always the first to... Uh, to play for the badge, you know, he was always up for it for the fight. Uh, he was a worker. He was a great captain as well. He's such a great guy. His heart was always in the right place. Um, yeah, he was great, great influence in the dressing room as well. Um, but yeah, if I have to pick one, I would say Steve. But Boamore is surely not far off. Hundred percent, I agree with you. Yeah, he was not far off. Even him, some games he was untouchable with his pace and power. Um, but yeah. How will I would say Steve? Just, just Steve, yeah, just. Who out of, out of interest? Who are the players you think are going to be sitting there going? What about me? Klaus Jensen, he was unbelievable. <laughs> me train every day with those guys. You know, I know fans will be like, oh, you know, he didn't play enough games. But me actually seeing him in the training pitch, seeing the things what he did, you know, it can't be coincident again to to kept, to come out for your country that much as Klaus Jensen. He was. He was unbelievable. Seriously, yeah. the things he would do, like he, he's oh, he was scary. But like you said, his injury didn't help him. But he was such a great player. Um, uh, it's it's a shame. That, it's a shame that he was always injured because, like like you said, well, when he did play, he was outstanding. Just um, oh, so his frustrating. Feet, his balance, his feet, oh, his passing. I oh, was unbelievable. I mean, seriously. He was such a player, man. I can make any run in training. He will find me. I, like, he will find me anything. Like, it's crazy. He, his vision, ugh. And he was not the fastest, but you can't... He was weird. You can't beat him with pace. You can't beat him. Because he has, he had, he had this... He had this balance about him. He, he just knew how to use his body well. He was... Yeah, he, for me, he was great. He was a great player. He's great. Yeah. All right. Um, and Papa Booba Diop wins the best dancer. You have to, you have to teach me the oh, dance. He was always dancing in the shower. He was always about <laughs> to dance. He was always dancing in the shower. He was always, you know, CJ, come, come, let's do this when we score. Let's do that. Oh, he loved it. He loved it. Great yeah. guy as well, by the way. Another great player. Yeah, Papa Buba. Yeah, great guy. I remember the the goal celebration when he scored against Man United and the two of you by the cottage. Yeah, doing a little dance. I, I remember that run. What we took was was about three three miles. I mean, he just <laughs> kept going. I was just like, "Where you?" I was like, "Where you going? Where you going?" But um, yeah, but that was funny. But uh, yeah, he was a great character. Great character. Right. Well, well, I've got a couple more questions for you. Um, what are you up to now? Enjoying, enjoying time with my family, I guess. Enjoying time with my daughter, bringing my daughter to school every day, and uh, train local team not far from my house um, on the on the 19s. So I'm a I'm a chill club, but um, you know I just train them and play games on the Saturdays with them. So you know just to do something I love, and that's football, obviously. You know, so yeah, I'm just just kind of enjoying. It. You know, I go and spend a lot of time in Portugal to see my brother play. So are you back in Holland then? Yes, yes, yes. I live, I live like ten minutes outside Amsterdam. So uh, it's a small city, just outside, quiet and nice, a lot of green, and uh, <laughs> you know. So I'm just doing daddy stuff, and you know, and being a great father for my daughter, and uh, 
And um, like I said, uh, I spend a lot of times watching games and I go to my old club 20. You know, uh, I also do something with them as well to inspire kids to become a professional footballer. And um, so every six, seven weeks I go there and uh, have a speech. And, you know, most of the times, like guys from 15, 16 year old, and I just tell them, you know, how to become a professional footballer. Obviously, you have to have luck, but it's all about your mental strength and your, and your, your mentality. And, you know, so, yeah, so I just, again, I do what I love in football and and then just enjoy life really yeah nice well good luck with it all thank um, you thank you so much it's been a, a pleasure to speak to you mate thank we, you we always end our Q&A's by asking pie or pasty which would you rather eat did you get to taste those when you was in England trust me I've ate everything <laughs> <laughs> what, would, what would you prefer pie or pasty yeah uh, Pasty. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Yeah, All right, mate. Well, sure. it's been an honour to speak to you. I uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank yeah, you then, so much for calling me, and uh, you know, let's keep, let, let's keep in touch. And uh, thank you for you know thinking of me. And uh, finally, we get get on the phone together. <laughs> uh, absolutely, no, it's really enjoyed it. It's um, it's great reliving my teenage years following Fulham, and you know, th- thank you for for everything you did for us. No problem. Thank you as well. Yeah, keep in touch. Cheers. Okay, Thank mate. You. Cheers. Take man. care. All Bye. Right. Cheers. Bye. 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 Colin's John there talking about his time at Fulham. I'd like to thank Collins for taking the time to speak to me and I wish him all the best with his future. Please follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter for updates when the latest Q&As will be released. There's loads more to come and you can also subscribe via iTunes or any other podcast app. But until the next one, my name's Danny Boyett. Really hope you enjoyed this one. Um, Thank you very much for listening.